Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye podcast. This is the Sunday Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Jason. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you guys being here. We are in key 18, the moon this week. So we're making great progress. Um, I'm uh, grateful for all of you guys who are showing up each week. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the kind words on uh, social media and so forth. We had a lot of great followers who have expressed appreciation for the show uh, and the work that I'm doing here. And I thank you guys. And of course, I want to express my appreciation for uh, Dr. Paul Foster Case, whose work I draw so highly from. Uh, appreciate you, Dr. Case. And he's in here in spirit with us each week as we go through this work. I'm, of course, using the BOTA uh, builders of the Additum cards and their, their symbolism and images. I find that, uh, for me, is the one that resonates most with me. You may have a different uh, deck that you're using, but this is the one that I'm using. Uh, any sort of uh, rider weight-ish deck uh, is appropriate. I mean, in terms of the, you know, the symbolism we're looking at and so forth, so you can use any of those kinds of decks if you want to follow along. Uh, again, thank you for joining me here. We are on, as I said, key 18. So this is our 19th uh, lesson in tarot. So if you've come this far, I uh, applaud you. Uh, thank you uh, for your perseverance. I think it really shows a lot of initiative when you can stick with something um, for so long and really does uh, say a lot about who you are in terms of uh, your dedication to tarot, your dedication to your spiritual unfoldment, your dedication to your own uh, consciousness and growth. So blessings and light to all of you. Thank you again for being here. Uh, so we'll start this week, as we do each week, uh, with a reading of uh, the affirmation known as the pattern on the trestle board. This is something from BOTA that Paul Foster Case came up with. And it's an affirmation that references the uh, the 10 Sephirot uh, of Kabbalah. If you're not familiar with that, you can Google it. Uh, I may talk more about that after this, uh, the, after, you know, more talk about Kabbalah and the Tree of Life and the Sephirot and how the cards fit on the Tree of Life and so on uh, in more advanced teachings. I'm not sure yet. Let me know what you think about that. Um, you can hit me up at info at Cosmic Eye, or you can reach us, of course, at Cosmic Eye Tarot uh, is our handle on uh, Instagram and TikTok as well. I do my readings on there. And there's fun stuff on there. We also have uh, our website, CosmicEye.org, and you can check out uh, information about this show and about the spirit work show that I do with Angel from At Angel on the Eighth Day, um, as well as our tarot products that we have up there. So we're pretty excited about that. We finally have all uh, three of the decks that we've done, all three of the decks that we've designed and had uh, created for us are available soon, are available soon. Uh, right now we have our Blooming Cat and our Unicorn Tarot up, and then we're going to be uh, offering also our Libra Florum deck, which is the last deck that we did, the last design that we did. Uh, so check CosmicEye.org. All right, so again, on to uh, lesson 19 in our in our lessons here, but key 18, key 18, the moon. Uh, so pattern on the trestle board, here we go. Zero, all the power that ever was or will be is here now. Number one, I'm a center of expression for the primal will to good, which eternally creates and sustains the universe. Number two, through me, it's unfailing wisdom takes form in thought and word. Number three, filled with understanding of its perfect law, I'm guided moment by moment along the path of liberation. 
Number four, from the exhaustless riches of its limitless substance, I draw all things needful, both spiritual and material. Number five, I recognize the manifestation of the undeviating justice in all the circumstances of my life. Number six, in all things great and small, I see the beauty of the divine expression. Number seven, living from that will supported by its unfailing wisdom and understanding, mine is the victorious life. Number eight, I look forward with confidence to the perfect realization of the eternal, of the eternal splendor of the limitless light. Number nine, in thought and word and deed, I rest my life from day to day upon the sure foundation of eternal being. Number 10, the kingdom of spirit is embodied in my flesh. Okay, pattern on the trestle board. Check that out. Google it. Go to BOTA. They have little charts of that if you want to memorize. It's a great affirmation. It hits on all the tense if you wrote and the major meanings of each of those uh, emanations. And you read more about that when you understand more about, uh, about Kabbalah. And again, like I said, we may go into more advanced stuff as we go along. I just want to kind of hear uh, where people are at and what they'd like to hear in our next lessons. I'm almost done with this series. We are going to key 21, the world, and we're on key 18, the moon. All right, so key 18, the moon, if you notice it, uh, it's a really interesting design. So it has, has its major design at the top of it. So it has a sort of a, uh, a violet red, kind of a reddish purple color uh, surrounding it in this BOTA deck. And that's the color that's associated with this particular card and with letter Kof, which is associated with its key 18, as I said, the moon sometimes known as Luna or La Luna, depending on the decks you have. Uh, this one's the moon. We've got a little, I'll go from the bottom, I'll actually go from the top to the bottom. So on the top, there's a sun, but the sun actually within it has a moon figure. So there's a couple of crescents and a face facing down. Uh, then there's uh, 18 uh, flames that are Yud shaped. Yud is a, a Hebrew letter Yud. It's the smallest letter. Looks like a little kind of a dot, a little flame. Uh, then there's two towers, and you you can't picture you can't see it in the picture, but the towers are actually there's walls on the side of the towers so that represents a wall. Then you see a path going through, um, and there's a peak, a, a purplish mountain peak in the background. Some some undulating hills, these kind of hills that are go up and down, uh, and this path that leads all the way down to the bottom there's a pool a red excuse me a blue pool down there and there's a crustacean a crustacean coming again we're going to talk about talk about a lot of this stuff a crustacean coming out and the path goes between a wolf and a dog a wolf and a dog the path is gold that leads all the way up there uh, it is known as the path of return and we'll talk about that as we go along uh, that's, this card really is, is talking about uh, this path of return. Uh, and again, like I said, stick with us and you'll understand more about that as we go along. So mainly, Key 18, it's a powerful card. And if you do know anything about the, uh, the Tree of Life, you can see how these cards are organized in the Tree of Life. It comes up from uh, the kingdom, which is Malkut, Malkut at the bottom, and goes up through... Um, to victory, victory, uh, which is uh, Nitzak, Nitzak, uh, and that is uh, number seven, Sephiroth number seven, uh, victory. So, and that, uh, so we'll see how that a bit, a little bit. We'll see how that what what that means a bit as time goes on. Not not 
touch on that too much kind of goes beyond the uh, scope of what we're talking about but we'll really get into the the sort of inner meaning of this card uh, just to kind of get to uh, the basic meaning so in a reading in a reading this card's an interesting one uh, its basic meaning is voluntary change so the sort of idea of evolution associated with it voluntary change changes that you make based on uh, discomfort based on your desire to grow out of something that seems limiting. So it's not a force change, it's a voluntary change. There's a, rever there's a real evolutionary quality, quality to it, a, a choice that you're making yourself. Uh, whereas uh, the previous card that we talked about, our previous card was uh, Key 16, which in a couple of uh, lessons before, uh, that's a sort of a change uh, where there's, a, there's a, like a flash uh, almost like, uh, you know, an idea where, where it changes like a, a sudden illumination, a crashing down of the old ways or a, a sudden, sudden change that's where there's some discomfort with it. This is more of a voluntary change. And again, we'll talk more about this as we go along. Uh, it also has to do with deception. It has to do with, um, it has to do with kind of like cycles and the moon, um, reflux and uh, flux and reflux, uh, involution and evolution, um, you know, gain and loss, things like that. So this card's heavily dependent uh, in a reading on the cards around it uh, as well. As all, as all the cards are when you do a reading, you've got to take into consideration the cards around it. Um, so, okay, key 18 symbolizes the fourth stage of spiritual enfoldment. That's really its main kind of uh, esoteric meaning, its inner meaning. Esoteric, by the way, is the inner meaning. The exoteric is the outer meaning of something. So the, I'd say the exoteric meaning of the card is really kind of what you would use in a divination. Like I said, that idea of voluntary change, the idea of lying or deception, um, the idea of you know increase and decrease, those things that you would use in a reading. Although they do tie into the esoteric meaning as well, and you'll see that as we go along. Uh, but this idea of this uh, fourth stage of spiritual unfoldment this, uh, it's symbolic of that. So, you know, we talked about it when we started with key 15. So we're into the second row of cards. If you have the cards laid out, and you can do this with your deck, I think this is a really good um, exercise to do. So you take your first seven cards, your magician through um, a chariot, put them on top, that's one through seven. And then below that, you put strength to uh, eight to 14, which is strength to um suddenly i'm forgetting this what is this what is 14 is uh, temperance and then 15 through uh, 21 is the is the third bottom row and this is the one we're talking about this is this stage of spiritual unfoldment so 15 through 21 15 is um is the devil the devil key uh excuse me the devil card and then 21 of course is the world and then the fool is is kind of on the top the fool sort of floats around these so these three rows uh, are representing different stages and different ideas, uh, different principles and so forth. Uh, but this third row is the sort of uh, effects of the first two rows coming into uh, fruition in our in our lives. So we, we look at these as as this state these stages of spiritual unfoldment. So uh, eighteen, as we said, symbolizes this fourth stage of spiritual unfoldment. So if you're looking at that bottom row, uh, yeah, 15, 16, 17, 18, that'd be the fourth stage. But 15, we started with that with the devil. 
And that's the idea of this bondage uh, or appearances, the condition of bondage to appearances, uh, bondage to material things. You realize that that's just an illusion. That's the stage of spiritual unfoldment for key 15, the devil. And then the flash of spiritual illumination where these kind of false ideas and false structures of thought and belief um, get sort of zapped. You see that in the tower, key 16. And then there's this period of, of rest and kind of quiet that occurs uh, during this phase of meditation, which is connected to the star card and new revelations um, are revealed. And then, of course, after this is key 18, we find ourselves at key 18, the moon, which is what we're talking about today. This is really a process of organization, organization. So you think, well, organization, that's a bunch of people getting together. It's you know, I've got all my files in order and so on. But really organization in this case uh, means uh, the organization of the various parts of your human body uh, in, 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 in those being organized into a higher type of organism. So this is really about transformation. It's about alchemy. It's about the creation of a, of a, of a new body mind in essence uh, through meditation, through spiritual magical work and so on. Um, and it's about the idea of moving beyond what our normal evolutionary sort of capabilities are, uh, which is what alchemy is all about. So you're taking nature and art and mixing them together and creating something new. That's alchemy. Uh, in this sense, it's an internal alchemy that's going on, and this card represents that as well in this organization phase of us putting into alignment all these different parts of ourselves, body, mind, spirit, but, uh, but then physically speaking, uh, really using our subconscious to create something healthier, something better, something more connected to spirit and so on. We'll, we'll get into that. So the idea is that um, basically what we're learning as we're talking about these cards, of course, in the way that we do and, and on this show, and you wanna go deeper, obviously, you know, this isn't just a sort of surfacey. this is what this card means, sort of a show. And so if you followed me this far into this, I know you're serious about, you know, taking this stuff to the next level. And yeah, it's great to learn about the symbolism of the cards and so on. But really what these cards are all about is helping us to connect to these archetypal powers that are within us. And these cards activate these different stages. And by working with them, as I've talked about in every single show, add sort of infinitum, you're probably sick of me saying this, but honestly, repetition does help. So I will say it again, you know, work with this card, the moon card uh, for five minutes a day for at least a week and just sit and look at this card, you know, contemplate it, meditate on it. And it's really gonna make a difference. It'll help you to create this organization that we're talking about. So the symbols in this card actually activate archetypal energies and forces within us. It's what these cards are designed for. You know, these symbols are designed to work with your unconscious mind, which works in symbols, it works in mystery, it doesn't work in logic, it works in strange stories and symbols and music and ideas and smells and, you know, it's very primal, it's very primal. Uh, so, you know, mostly though it operates on images and that's why these cards are so powerful. Uh, so these, the practical uh, application of these principles of this ageless wisdom that are contained in the tarot is really aimed at uh, what with this change we're talking about in the human organism. So, I mean, oftentimes we talk about spiritual things, but 
there's a physiological change that actually does occur uh, as you work with your subconscious. And again, more about that as we go along. So generally speaking, I mean, insofar as we know that other creatures uh, on this planet that we know about that, you know, are not quite as advanced in, in, in at least in our kind of logical thinking and in our, you know, our, our evolutionary process as human beings, not that they're lesser than we are by any means, but, the, you know, they're just not at the stage where they're as um, uh, operating with, you know, spirit operating with the creativity to make changes. You know, most, um, most creatures are, are, you know, creatures of habit, creatures of instinct and so forth. Man seems to be the only one that uh, really kind of reaches out of that and, 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 you know, creates and, you know, imagines and dreams. And again, not to say that, that animals and other creatures that, you know, on this planet don't do that, but as so insofar as we can tell, you know, we're, we're at a different sort of a, a level, uh, intellectually speaking. And again, that has nothing to do with the value of these other creatures. We're all equally valuable or all, all part of spirit. Uh, but we have this unique ability to actually use our creative mind to work with our subconscious to work with spirit to, to change things, to evolve things consciously, consciously. So uh, in a sense, we're, we're talking about how, like, for example, when you think about animals and plants and we, we can influence those, those we can, you know, kind of breed and crossbreed animals and plants and change them. And again, there's, there's pluses and minuses to all this, you know, it's, 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 it's a curse as well as a blessing. So it depends on how we use it. And so we see this idea too of, of this middle path and, you know, you see the, um, the evolutionary phase going between this wolf and this dog. And that's one of these kind of ideas. So a, a dog has actually a, been bred by man from a wolf, which is its natural, its natural state. We've, we've domesticated it. We've created different breeds and so on by, by, you know, crossbreeding with, with different types of wolves and, and so on way, way, way back. Um, and, and again, by domesticating them, you know, they've, they've, they've been changed, dogs have. So, you know, we can see that, uh, that this, is, this is something unique. It's something, it's something that we can do. Uh, mainly, we're looking at this idea, uh, not because, you know, we're trying to hi make hybrid plants or crossbreed animals, uh, most of us, but because we're talking about the power that we do have to make to shape these changes sort of in an alchemical way within our own selves. And it's about this personal transformation. And it's about this, this, these physical and spiritual changes that take place when we do this work. So the great art, uh, as the alchemists called their practice, is really concerned with uh, creating a more uh, finer, sort of higher, more sensitive, responsive type of body. So, and again, that that's, has both spiritual and physical implications. And we're not doing this, you know, through any kind of uh, breeding techniques or so on, you know, that's so-called eugenics, they call that. But it's, it's really by the direct action of our own will and imagination on our own body, our own vehicle of flesh and blood, and we can create that transformation within ourselves. So it's not something that happens outside us but it happens inside us but it does have 
a physical correspondent to it, if that makes sense. So you got to think about that. And, and again, we'll talk about why that is as it goes along. So this transformation is really the outcome of us working together with the universal forces, with the I am power, with the divine mind, with cosmic consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And it's not just a consequence of our own, our own personal effort. So we've got to be connected to spirit in order to affect these changes. Excuse me for that little pause. I had some tea there, so it was a little dry. Um, but the culmination of this great work, as the alchemist called it, requires uh, us to do our work too, right? So we can't just kind of sit around and wait for it to happen. We've got to do this work ourselves. And again, like I said, you know, it starts with small things like, uh, you know, start with five minutes of, of concentrating on a card each day and then maybe increase it to five minutes on the card and then five minutes of meditation, something like that. Uh, you know, and then begin working on, you know, memorizing uh, some of these cards and some of the meanings of the cards and stuff and, you know, build your memory. And so all this stuff is going to have effects. And we'll talk more about this as time goes on in different lessons as well. So you really have to see and understand the, the principles, the laws and the forces uh, that are involved with all this stuff and and they're all laid out in these tarot cards so you know if you're just paying attention as we go along you'll learn all these different um, you'll learn all these different principles you know all these things are contained in the symbols of the tarot cards them, themselves so you know it really is it's you know these cards are not as we've said a million times uh, not just divination tools you know not just to do fortune telling with uh, but they're much deeper than that. And you know that. You've followed me this far, you know that. But it's good to remind ourselves of that. So there's this idea of this, um, this the alchemist had this thing called the operation of the sun. It's a very mystical operation. And, you know, it's it's really where we're, we're ourselves the operator, but we're also the subject of this great work. So in other words, we're working with this force that we are this great spirit this one power um, and we're working on ourselves sort of with our higher self which is an interesting thing and that's the that's the sort of gist of this idea of the great work uh, trying to transform and trying to connect with and be um, guided by divine mind at all times you know and again these are kind of high sounding things but, you know, these are ideals that we're working towards and trying to understand. And, you know, we just have to do our best with the language that we have to explain these things. Um, but, you know, as time goes along and as you work with these cards, you know, they're going to speak to you unconsciously and begin to understand this stuff in a deeper way, not just like memorizing things and not just, um, you know, reading books or listening to uh, to talks or podcasts or whatever, but then starting to really understand within ourselves and being able to use these tarot cards in a creative way as well. So we use our imagination really for this great work that the alchemists talk about. And the imagination uh, makes, we, makes clear and definite our desires, our aspirations, our goals. We use mental images as patterns uh, which we, we pass down into subconsciousness, and that builds our body, that, um, that creates um, health and positivity and prosperity, and it controls all the various functions in our body, um, as you know. 
I mean, if you think for a moment, you know, if it was just the conscious mind, imagine if you had to just use your conscious mind to run what's going on in your body and you've got to fight off viruses and digest food and pump blood around and, you know, fire off neurons. And I mean, there's millions and millions of things going on at any given time. And, you know, I mean, this is all going on below the surface is all being taken care of by the subconscious mind. It's, I mean, it's incredible when you think about it. Um, so in order to work with subconsciousness, which is one, again, subconsciousness is connected to the moon. If you think about this, the moon, uh, you know, it, it's, it represents oftentimes subconsciousness. Uh, the sun represents consciousness or divine consciousness, you know, depends on how it's, how it's presented. But you think that the, you know, the, the sun is, is providing the light for the moon you know, it gives you a pretty good idea of subconsciousness, you know, divine mind is providing the light of consciousness, and subconsciousness is building, you know, our, our experience through that light, and then our, our conscious mind is, you know, we can use that conscious mind to affect changes uh, in the subconscious to create the lives we want to make better health for ourselves, and so on. I've talked about that a lot in my other shows, especially when uh, uh, Chris and I were doing uh, the Emmett Fox podcast back back when, and you can go back and listen to some of those. So all of those Emmett Fox podcasts, uh, any of the new thought po- podcasts and so forth that I've done, you know, that have that new thought in the title or Emmett Fox, uh, will tell you more about how to use the subconscious mind. So that's something you might want to go back and listen to if you haven't checked that out. Uh, so you want to make these patterns in your mind, in your conscious mind, really clear and definite. And then you kind of hang on to them and you hold on to those. And then subconsciousness, um, you know, builds into your bodies uh, the correspondent thoughts. So you want to keep your thoughts on health. You want to keep your thoughts on positivity, on love, on light uh, as much as possible, because you're going to be building that literally into your body. You want to keep your thoughts on prosperity, on creativity, on um, on generosity, and you know, and on the things that you want uh, in order to attract those things, in order to build those things into your life as well. Subconsciousness is also responsible for that. Uh, it helps you to create the things that you you desire in your life. It can get you out of debt. It can create a job for you, create a business for you. Of course, you got to do your part as well, but you've got to send it these clear messages. So if you want, for example, if you want to, you know, if you want to buy a house, if that's one of your goals, you don't keep going over how high prices are and how much debt you're in and how bad your credit score is and stuff. You focus on the house that you want. You keep that in mind. You see yourself purchasing it. You see yourself signing those papers. You see yourself you know, putting that key in the door, or, you know, punching that code into the, you know, into the electronic lock or whatever, and going inside the house and walking around and you make it as real as possible. And you hand that over to subconscious mind, and it'll help you find a way to make that happen. It will create, you know, through the law of attraction, the possibility of making that happen in your life. And you don't need to tell it how and you don't need to um, you know, you don't need to give it directions and so on. You just need to build that image in your mind and it will go to work for you. And again, you've got to do your part. You know, you, you, uh, you, know, you check out the different means and you look for the house that you want and you, you, know, you, you figure out your finances and you get yourself in, in order. 
and all that, but you don't keep your mind on all of the challenging things or the limitations that you think are facing you. You focus on what you want and you just keep persistently moving towards that. Um, and, you know, so, so it goes the same with our bodies, right? You, so you have this, this, you use it, you know, if you want to, if you want health, if you want to build your body into something, uh, into a different form, uh, you know, maybe you, you're, for example, you want to become a, a concert, you know, pianist, a concert piano player, right? Um, so you keep that in your mind. And then this, this image dominates your mind. And your actions and then you know you'll go through the process of practice that you would need to do um, and practice like that too like day after day after day after day to someone who doesn't want to play the piano to be you know just be awful to them you know but for you because that's in your heart and that's something you want to do um, you know you go through it joyfully and you do the practice and you do your scales and you learn your notes and you know all these different things and after a while this practice actually affects the mus muscular structure of your hands you know, your arms and your legs, it might it'll probably cause changes in your sight and hearing and, you know, your, you know, the sort of uh, reactions and, you know, it's just, it becomes like, it's like learning how to type, for example, you know, you just as a musician, you know, it becomes a second nature to you, right? And it even affects other groups of nerves and muscles. And then eventually, you know, you hang on to this idea of becoming a concert pianist or, you know, a famous musician or whatever it is. And, you know, you do the work and you, you show up and you, you know, you have that image in your mind year after year after year and eventually become what you, what you imagine, what you image. Um, and then by action corresponding to, you know, this idea or this imagination, uh, this visualization of yourself, you know, becoming this great uh, player of a piano, player of a piano, how about piano player? Uh, then the you you build that condition into your body, specially conditioned uh, body for that particular um, path in your life, and it goes the same for someone who uh, wants to play sports, someone who wants to be an MMA fighter, a boxer, or something. You have this image first of what you want to do, and then you know you go and take you know take action and train, and you know you get the coaching you need, and you know and. MMA, you're going to learn, you know, wrestling and uh, jujitsu and, you know, different grappling techniques, and you're going to learn boxing and some kickboxing and all these different things. And that all goes into becoming an MMA fighter, for example. Um, or if you want to be a poet, you know, read as much poetry as you can, you're going to study it, you're going to write every day, and, and you know, you're going to read the great poets and, you know, learn as much as you can about language. Um, you know, and listen to great poetry. I mean, there's some beautiful poets on, 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 on YouTube and stuff. And, you know, you really go beyond like what, you know, some of these, some of these things that are on Instagram or TikTok or something that's popular stuff. And you go, you know, go to the masters, learn how to do something through the, you know, through the masters of the art. Um, and, you know, you're going to, you're going to achieve what you want. You know, it's the same thing. So you got that picture in your mind, but then you take, uh, you know, each type of activity or each goal that you have has, has sort of a different path and you're gonna sort of build the body mind that you need uh, to achieve that, to achieve that. So stop and think about that for a second, just kind of meditate on that. Um, you know, so it's gonna be different for, for, for each path you choose in your life, whether you're gonna be a psychologist or you wanna be a, you know, a tarot reader or you wanna own your own company or you want to 
you know, be a Navy SEAL or you, you want to be a supermodel, whatever it is. It's like these, these are all different paths. And, you know, it starts in the mind. It starts in the spirit. It starts with your destiny that you feel is yours. And then you build that into your, in your mind. And then subconsciousness picks up on that. And then you take the actions and you build the body to do that. So it's interesting how that works. And it's true, again, with like the spiritual stuff. So this is just as true for prophets or seers or gurus or, you know, psychics or clairvoyants, all these different things. I mean, some people are born with these things. But they still have to develop their gifts. Have to develop their gifts. So whatever your object is in life, whatever your goal is, you know, you can achieve it when you've built that the physical vehicle. Um, the physical vehicle. So, you know, and it doesn't mean you need to be a bodybuilder. Remember talking about like, you know, changing your, you know, like exercise and stuff. I mean, that stuff's great and it's healthy and it's it's wonderful to exercise. But it's really about building this sort of uh, physical vehicle in the sense that, you know, you have the reactions and the skills. It's the same thing like with, for example, like you want to be a, a chef, you know, you're learning how to chop things and you're learning how to boil things. And you're learning the timing of putting things into, you know, in, into pans and making sauces and all these different things, all the stuff that's going on that's in your physical vehicle, your physical body you know, will will literally change with with all that work that you do, you know, you're, you'll have an internal timing and your taste buds will transform and all these different things will be sharpened because you have a clear and definite image of what you want to be and it corresponds to that mental imagery. So you're going to create a physical life that's going to correspond to your mental imagery and that's connected to this, this card, these ideas are in this card. This number 18 is interesting, too, because it expresses the potency of, of eight, the number eight working through number one. So if you know anything about number symbolism, again, we're going to get more into that as we go deeper uh, down the line. But if you just think about this, it represents the law of suggestion, which is symbolized by key eight. Key eight is the strength card, and it's applied through the directive ac action of attention and concentration, which is uh, symbolized by key one, the magician, the magician. So that's, so if you look at any of these cards that have two numbers, anything 10, 10 plus, obviously, right? Two digit numbers, you use the right number and that's the sort of potency or the principle or the power working through the left number. So it goes from right to left, uh, just like we would read Hebrew letters from right to left. So we're of course used to in English reading from left to right, but so the number 18 is the power of eight expressed through the power of one, uh, working through the power of one. So there's keys to that. So also with any of these, these uh, double digit cards, uh, if you look at them, if you look at key number one and key number eight, you know, the magician and strength in association with the moon, you're going to get uh, connections and symbolic representations of those cards working in this card. Um, which is a little bit more advanced, but it is something you can begin doing if you want to. So any of these cards, like Keith 10 through 21, uh, you get extra understanding about them if you pull the two uh, single digits uh, out of the deck. Like I said, so with, in this case, you, you know, with 18, you'd grab the Magician card, you'd grab Strength, the eight, you know, one and eight. Uh, with Key 21, you'd grab the Priest, uh, excuse me, the, uh, yeah, the High Priestess two and then you grab the magician uh but anyways it's uh it's there's some some depth you can find with that 
So subconsciousness, as we've been talking about, very powerful thing. I want to read a little bit from uh, Paul Foster Case talking about subconsciousness and just kind of give you a little bit more depth um, about this concept. So your life on earth began with the union of two tiny cells. One carried with it the essential history of your father's ancestry. The other summed up the life story of your mother's family tree. When these two cells united, subconsciousness took command of the development of your body. Subconsciousness has controlled every function of your organism from that day to this. We call this mode of life activity subconsciousness because whatever it does occurs below the level of our conscious awareness. By careful study of the results of its work, psychologists have accumulated a fund of exact knowledge about its marvelous powers. After centuries devoted to the examination of the life process of the human body, the sciences of biology, physiology, and organic chemistry are yet in their infancy. We know very little about what happens when the heart beats, when the liver makes sugar or manufactures bile, or when food is transformed into living cells. An action apparently so simple as the raising of one's arm is actually so complex that it would take thousands of pages to list what has been recorded concerning the chemical, mechanical, and physiological transformations involved in its performance. Yet all that might be written would be but a partial account of what really occurs and it has been said that in all probability, continuous research for the next two centuries will not suffice to exhaust the analysis of this one simple action. So you see that, you know, subconscious, like I said, is controlling these millions and millions of, of different little physiological, mechanical, chemical processes, transformations, and so on, just to do simple things, move our arm, blink our eyes, digest some food, what have you. Uh, subconsciousness knows all about these processes um and does and does these things makes these adjustments whether or not conscious mind is aware of it so consciousness cures diseases you know medicines uh really don't cure they really just set up a chemical action and then the healing power within us reacts and whatever that is um it's hidden in subconsciousness so really the surgeries the medicines and all this stuff kind of remove obstacles to the manifestation of this cure, curing power that exists within us. And it's, again, it's not to say that those things are not necessary for some people. You might be at a stage where you need medicines or surgery or what have you. But really, when it comes down to it, you know, nature and the healing power within you is what actually heals you. And this is why people oftentimes can be uh, healed of so-called incurable diseases when they have faith and they believe and they do mental work. Um, you know, the doctor may say, oh, the medical report says, you know, you're not going to make it. And as we know, um, many, many times, it's not the case. People live. They tell them we're going to live, you know, six months and they, you know, they live 20 years. So that's, that's the power of subconsciousness. That's the power of divine mind. That's the power of faith. It's all connected it together. All right, so that's a little bit about subconsciousness from uh, Dr. Case. Appreciate that. Uh, now let's take a look uh, at um, another. I'm going to skip that. I have that written down, but I'm going to skip that. So we're going to uh, look at the Hebrew letter Kof now. Kof. That is the letter that's associated with this card. So it's key 18, of course, and the letter Kof is associated with uh, the moon. And Kof actually has a symbolic meaning of the back of the head in, in Kabbalah, the back of the head. So it alludes to the 
uh, to this idea that, that some of our most important organs in the brain are actually located at the back of the skull, back of the skull. So that's behind the third eye. This part of the head houses the, houses the posterior lobes of the cerebrum and of the cerebellum. So uh, the posterior lobe and the, and the cerebrum contains our, our sight center. So there's this idea that we see with the backs of our heads and actually see with our eyes, we see with this sight center that's located in the back of our heads. And it goes beyond the scope of what we're talking about today, but that's a very interesting scientific concept. So just below this posterior lobe of the cerebrum is a knot, and then it's a knot of nerve tissues, and that's called the medulla oblongata. So this idea, this knot is connected to this ancient uh, Hebrew letter kof. It used to look more kind of like a little knotted cord in its ancient form, and it alludes to this part of, uh, of ourselves, this physiological part of ourselves. So ancient peoples knew more about physiology than we give them credit for. Uh, but because they didn't come to these understandings through scientific means, they came to them through spiritual means and through meditation, we sometimes discount it. But it's nonetheless, these are, these are truth. Uh, these are true things that, that, that ancient peoples did know. I mean, it, it, it's the both in Kabbalah and in yoga philosophy. I mean, there are ideas that science is still uh, not familiar with. And as time goes on, we'll come to understand uh, that ancient people thousands of years ago knew, they couldn't explain it scientifically, but they knew it intuitively and spiritually. So those are both valid ways of, of investigation. Um, so the um, this knot of, of cells, nerve cells that's at the back of our head is, is actually what keeps us alive um, because its functions are, are carried on without, without interruption, as I've talked about before, you know, subconsciously, autonomically, they call it, even while we're asleep, even while we're asleep. So this you know, while we're asleep, we're in this somewhat unconscious state. We may even be in a deep state of dreamless sleep. And, um, you know, it's still, uh, this part of our, our brain is still keeping us alive, still pumping the heart, still doing all the things to keep us alive. It's incredible. Uh, sleep is assigned to, in Kabbalah, to the letter Kof, um, because the consciousness that remains active in personality during sleep uh, has its most important centers in the back of the head in this area that we're talking about, this medulla oblongata area, um, and with these uh, other organs in the brain. Uh, sleep, moreover, is, uh, is a period of rest and recuperation. And, you know, so the waste that we accumulate, the toxins and so on, or uh, different things that are going on in the body that are created by the day's activities are eliminated and new materials woven into this bodily structure there's a healing process is going on you know the mind is structuring itself and of course we're getting into dreaming uh, which has you know therapeutic and um and um psychological healing in it we've got to watch our dreams and i highly encourage i've talked about this before i highly encourage you guys to uh, to keep a pad of paper next to your bed and write down your dreams and start looking at them uh, you know, and, 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 and so forth. It'll tell you a lot about what's going on within. If you start looking at the symbolism and 
of course, uh, the great C.G. Jung, Swiss psychologist, Swiss psychiatrist, um, is probably the finest uh, writer and teacher on that subject of dreams. Of course, von, von Franz, Marie-Louise von Franz, one of his students, excellent as well, and many of his other students, Robert Johnson and so forth, uh, all have a lot of great things to say about dreams. So while we sleep, uh, the plans, the thoughts, our goals, and things we were concerned with during the day, stuff sort of brought into, into a maturity. It's kind of woven into our mental structure. Um, the mind uh, wrestles with it and um, kind of um, you know, creates these new patterns within us. And oftentimes, um, you know, during our sleep, we'll come up with uh, answers to questions which our conscious mind, you know, couldn't find a solution to. So, uh, so, you know, there's an idea that subconsciously during the night, our problems are being solved for us. Our mental processes continue, you know, at this subconscious level, even while uh, our conscious mind is resting. So... This is a big thing that you need to remember. So right before you go to sleep, this is a great time to do visualization, to do affirmations, um, to think about your, your goal, your major purpose in life, or work on healing work before bed and so forth before you, before you go to sleep. Uh, I, do my, I do a period of meditation and self-hypnosis uh, myself before bed. And, you know, it really locks in these ideas. You can make these affirmations and different suggestions to yourself, visualize these goals that you have for yourself and so on. And what happens is then uh, during the night, you know, the subconscious mind is going to work on that and it's going to sort of write it into the, the kind of structure of your body mind, uh, in essence, like, you know, it's, and, and before, right before you go to sleep, you know, you're very suggestible. So it's a really great time to do your affirmations. Uh, I also do that uh, pattern on the trestle board. I think that's a great affirmation to use, the one that I, I talked about at the beginning there and have been on all these shows uh, before bed. That's excellent. So you really, um, you really can um, do great uh, work at night on the subconscious and make these transformations that you want for health, for prosperity, for, you know, better understanding of tarot, for more uh, psychic abilities, whatever you're trying to work on, you know, make these suggestions at night before you go to sleep and the subconsciousness will work on this for you. Another thing you can do, and Chris and I talked about this several times, uh, this was a methodology of Pythagoras, but Paul Foster Case also talks about, so before you go to sleep, think about your day, think about what you've done, um and do this before you do your affirmations and so on because you really want to reinforce the positives but think about you know kind of where you slipped up or maybe where you could work on things and you know what went well what didn't go so well and then you know kind of affirm to yourself that you know tomorrow you're going to do a better job and you know if you know for example let's say you're trying to meditate and you didn't you know you didn't meditate today at least you know you could take that time to meditate at night and do just five five minutes or something but you know, if it's too late and you're too tired or whatever, you know, affirm to yourself that you're going to be better tomorrow and do your meditation in the morning. It's a good way to do it. Uh, or if, you know, you're trying to work on your health and you're trying to exercise, and you didn't exercise, you know, make sure that, you know, you build into the, into your thought before you go to sleep. Imagine yourself, you know, tomorrow 
uh, going on that walk or taking that jog or doing your, you know, Peloton or rowing machines or whatever you're doing, you know, going to boxing or whatever you're doing. Um, and see yourself doing that, you know, make sure and say, you know, affirm to yourself that I'm going to be better tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to jump on that tomorrow and, and be active. And if, you know, if it's just, um, even if it's just taking a walk, I'm going to get out and get some, get some exercise. Uh, so that'll help you out a lot. Um, so, you know, the thing is, is you, the, you really have to clearly imagine what it is you're trying to achieve. And I think sometimes our, our thoughts are kind of muddy. You know, we're sending mixed messages, you know, like, well, I'd love to have my own business, but I could, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, or I couldn't afford it, or I'd love to buy a house, but, you know, I have too much debt, or, or my credit's no good. You know, we, it's like we, we do one positive thing saying, oh, I want this thing, and I really believe that I, 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 I like to have it in my life. And then we tear it down by saying, oh, but, you know, X, Y, Z is happening and, you know, I could never afford it and so on. So you have to be really careful with your thinking. And I talk about that in my book, uh, If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. You know, it's this idea you want to focus your mental energy on the things you want and keep it off of the things that you don't want. So when you catch yourself um, thinking ne negatively or speaking negatively, you know, stop yourself and say, you know, and maybe, you know, repeat five times yourself, affirm to yourself that, you know, I am, let's say, let's say you say to yourself, oh, I have such a bad memory. Stop yourself there and go, I have a beautiful memory and you know, I have perfect concentration, perfect um, recall, perfect recollection. You know, I, I have an ec excellent memory. I have a photographic memory, whatever you want to say. And just kind of like, you know, affirm, you know, three, four, five times for that one negative thing you said, and, you know, you'll, you'll get leverage on yourself and, you know, you'll reprogram yourself into creating the situation that you want. Um, so that's going to kind of wrap it up. I do want to do this though. I want to read a little bit from the uh, book of tokens, the book of tokens. So again, this is another Paul Foster case uh, uh, work a genius work and it's a it's an exploration of each of the letters that's that's connected to to the uh, to the particular cards and of course this is the one on Kof, which is connected to uh, the moon and i'm just going to read a bit of this um, so he says uh, and again this is about the letter Kof. so this is um so this is a meditation that goes along with this letter, this Hebrew letter, uh, so that you can understand more about it. And of course, it provides us more illumination on the card, on the moon card itself. So he says, my presence is the cause of every form. This is a letter Kof, and this is a symbolic uh, explanation, a poetic explanation, obviously. My presence is the cause of every form. And to those who have eyes to see, wherever a man may plant his foot is holy ground not alone in sanctuaries set apart, but in the street and marketplace, in the abode of sin, as well as in the house of prayer, mayest thou say with thy father Jacob, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Verily, thy consciousness of body is my self-knowledge of form, and by that knowledge working in thee do I maintain thine existence in all states and conditions. Behold, I dwell with thee, O Israel, and thou dwellest with me. Take heed that thou despise not thy Lord in human form. So this last thing is really telling us, look, all things are created from spirit. All things are created by cosmic consciousness. And so don't despise the forms, the human forms. Don't despise physical and material reality. 
because God is in that, you know, and I dwell with thee, O Israel, O Israel. So when Paul Foster Case is talking about Israel, he's not talking about Israel itself. He's talking about uh, people who are spiritual folks, who are following the way of righteousness, the path of righteousness, who are studying Kabbalah, who are studying tarot, who are, you know, doing these spiritual practices and so on. It doesn't just mean uh, necessarily uh, Israelis or Jewish people or so on. He's using Israel in a sort of spiritual sense, like all the people of God, which means the whole world. And thou dwellest with me. In other words, God is with everyone. Cosmic consciousness is with everyone within you, within me, within even our, our enemies, right? And so we have to remember that. Uh, so, so take heed that thou despise not thy Lord in human form. In other words, like all human beings are our cosmic consciousness or God in human form. So you don't want to despise anyone or hate anyone. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to do evil towards anyone. You want to remember and have that love in your heart. Of course, um, you know, it can be hard, you know, when people uh, do us wrong or, or so forth. But we have to remember that we're all uh, children of this universal spirit. Uh, and keep that in mind and focus on that. And remember that you're a divine child. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. It's important to remember that. So uh, thank you for joining me. I appreciate you guys being here, as I said. So next week is going to be the sun, uh, the sun card, key 19, and that is the letter Hebrew letter Resh. So we'll talk about that uh, either next week or the week after that, probably the week after that, honestly, because I got to catch up with, um, with some work. Uh, but I'll definitely be back within two weeks with that. And of course, Angel and I will be here with a new show on Wednesday or Thursday, again, depending on how busy he is and I am, but we're getting these shows out and we're glad you're here with us. So follow us at Cosmic Eye Tarot um, or check us out at uh, anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye if you want to you know, go online and look for that. Um, you know, you can follow there, follow through, um, uh, you know, wherever you're listening to the podcast and so forth. And, you know, just... Uh, send out those blessings and light to those around you and remember that spiritual core within you and uh, do your five minutes of uh, of work on these cards and you will really notice a difference and so we'll be back again next week thank you again for joining us I've said that several times but i do uh, i do mean that i appreciate you guys being here thank you all uh, who are supporting us at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye you can do donations through there as well uh, as follow us on anchor all right, speak to you next week. Blessings and light.